Where are we right now? Yeah. Where are we? Coney Island, man. <laughs> and what do we just do? So you're hearing the voice of the man who held it down for the 8 minute 46 second pace in the Airbnb Brooklyn Half Marathon today, May 20th, 2017, which I ran. I was really nervous. I haven't been training as hard as I did for races earlier this year. I wasn't expecting to do this race faster than three hours, but I came in at one hour and 53 minutes, two minutes ahead of Mr. Santa Teresa. There's no way I would have kept up that pace without him. He was literally holding a sign in his hand and making sure that he kept that consistent pace throughout the race so that anybody who was trying to break the two-hour barrier would know you know, where they were, were sort of standing throughout the race. And it really motivated me to have him on my heels. When I found out who he is when he's not volunteering with the New York Roadrunners group, I was floored. Thanks a lot. What was your name one more time? J.C. Santa Teresa. J.C. Santa I'm going to give you a shout-out on the uh, the review. Actually, Google. That crew. Google you. J.C. Santa Teresa. So I'm reading the first result that comes up when I Google him. And it's J.C. Santa Teresa sets Guinness World Record. Like Guinness Book of World Records. Like this motherfucker's a running celebrity. No, more like a demigod. This guy has the record for the most consecutive days running an ultramarathon with an impressive 21 consecutive days of running more than 26.2 miles at a clip. An ultramarathon is any foot race that is longer than a traditional marathon, according to Wikipedia. Anyway, it was an honor running the race. So grateful to all the volunteers like JC for coming out and making it possible, whether they were setting pace, holding out, cups of water and filling uh, like electrolyte cups and just like everything that goes into making that thing possible is blows my mind and is super appreciated such a fun day running and if i sound a little bit tired it's because i am the rest of today's episode is going to be a nerdy bit of fun if you have no interest in podcasting or in how this show gets made from a nitty-gritty technical level, you're not going to enjoy the following. Feel free to tune out now or skip to like sometime after 19 minutes when the credits and some funny bits happen. And if any of the following sounds like an advertisement, I assure you it's not. I'm definitely not getting paid. Uh, these are incomplete reviews, you could consider them, that are about tools I think are going to make a big difference for me in making this show, and I hope they'll be useful for you too. The last three days I did the bulk of my editing at an Apple store. Three different Apple stores, one every day to be specific. Gotta catch them all. But what does that really mean? Basically, I'll go into the store, find any of the computers with an SD card reader, and get my audio files into a cloud-based editing software. That means, basically, uh, I've talked in the past about using Adobe Audition to edit my podcasts. There's, like, um, a comparable version, kind of a less-featured 
version of that software in your web browser that you can just get to from any computer. There are a couple different ones with different features and price points. I was using the free plan of a program called Soundtrap, which you can find out more about at Soundtrap.com. It's really designed for music, so there are some issues that I had with it, but it worked great. And the idea is that I could start the episode there, save it in the cloud so that if I got kicked out, I could just go home and finish it later or go to a Best Buy or some other computer store. So you can see the benefit of using this cloud-based software is that I become completely location independent. The downside, however, I ran into yesterday on day three of editing in Apple stores. And that problem was I had a couple different files at very different volume levels and the tools available in Soundtrap just aren't what I what I need to get the levels to be equal, to normalize things and limit stuff, to basically do the sort of secret sauce audio work that is required to get different volume level tracks to work well together. So of course, there's nothing I can do and I'm screwed forever, right? Ugh, you know me too well. Of course I found a solution. In fact, it was actually Sarah Shackett of Wolf 359 fame who put me on to a website called Authonic.com. And what it does is it uses basically AI and a bunch of other computer jargon to take any sound file you throw at it. And it processes those files so that they will sound consistently excellent and audible, specifically for like human speakers. It also knows how to intelligently re-level music without losing dynamic highs and lows. And it's smart enough to hear silence or breath or ambient sound and leave that alone. It does a couple other things that I will touch on in a bit, but first I thought I'd give like a before and after sample to show you what I'm talking about. The sound levels are going to be inconsistent. Obviously, that is intentional as part of this test, so I apologize for the up and down. I'll do my best to warn you when it's going to get louder. And on that note, it's about to get quieter. I'm sitting in the middle of Central Park around this little lake. I guess it's a pond, technically. Looking into the water, I can see these little fish. It's amazing. New Yorkers underwater. So that was the unprocessed clip. I'm about to play the same content that's been run through a phonics system. And heads up, it's about to get louder. I'm sitting in the middle of Central Park around this little lake. I guess it's a pond, technically. Looking into the water, I can see these little fish. It's amazing. New Yorkers underwater. All in all, way more audible. Obviously, if you're using advanced or prosumer uh, to professional audio editing software like Adobe Audition, Logic, Pro Tools, anything in that higher-end weight class, you're going to be able to do a lot of these effects, like adding filters and normalizing tracks. But if you're trying, like I seem to be, to move into a like cloud-only 
uh, system so that you're not tied down to one computer and transferring files over like heavy external drives, but just working out of any web browser, then this software is like a no brainer. You can drop every file that you're working with into one thing and it'll spit them all out ready to go. In fact, Auphonic.com will integrate with Google Drive, and so I've actually found a way that I can use a, a Samsung Android phone to get the files off of the recorder that I use, and then upload them to Google Drive, which I can get free Wi-Fi and do at any cafe in New York City, and then seamlessly grab them from Google Drive and convert them and then get the converted files in another folder in Google Drive so it's like all in one place with the originals in case it does anything weird for safety. I did notice some inconsistencies where the computer system didn't necessarily amplify one part quite as well as another part but on average it did a great job and it did it fast. Worst case scenario that I was able to find it was still amplified enough from the original file that I'd be able to get it to where it needs to be in Soundtrap.com, the cloud editor that I've been using lately. I know this is getting like really in the nerdy weeds of the technical aspect of this whole thing, but I think it might be useful if some of you were considering getting into the daily podcasting game or even just want to do a regular old talk show with you know interviews where you're going to have super inconsistent sound and don't want to spend the time to learn how to use tools to like get things in the right place when you can in no time just upload it to this service. I'm pretty sure that this is the thing that a bajillion other podcasting services like Zencaster and basically any place that offers quote unquote automatic post-production services. I think they're just white labeling this thing. But yeah, I am still hooked on this idea that since I've been putting it into practice has just proven to be great of working exclusively online on this stuff. Cause like then if I don't have a computer, I can use something out of a store. And if I do have a computer and it gets hit by a bus or dropped in a river, it doesn't matter. I can open literally any other machine a friend's computer, a loner, just whatever cheapo thing I can buy in the heat of the moment under a deadline and just keep working. Like that's what it comes down to is just reliability and flexibility. And what you lose is like features and performance. And so it's looking at ways to make that up with other cloud-based services. How many times have I said the word cloud, do you think? More or less than 100? I think it might be more. There's another feature in this that is not default, but it's fairly straightforward to set up if you've ever used an API key, and I know that that sounds terrifying. At some point, I will probably make a YouTube tutorial uh, on how to do this so that you can follow along, because I think it's an incredibly valuable tool. And that is that you can hook up Google speech recognition to a phonic so that when it processes your clip and, and makes it sound all pretty and ready to edit, it will also make a robot transcription of it, which, yes, it is as hilariously inaccurate as you would expect it to be, but it's good enough that you can find keywords and kind of scan the thing 
and like scan the document and like get a sense of what's where. And the price difference is ridiculous. On Rev.com, which I've used in the past for documentary work, you're paying a dollar plus 25 cents per minute of transcribed audio. Well, with this, you're paying less than three cents a minute. And that's, of course, after the free 60 minutes that you get. Which reminds me, uh, if you're wondering, the pricing for Alphonic at the time of this recording is you get two hours free a month, which is probably enough for most like monthly podcasts, at least if they're just one-off interview takes. And then there are monthly packages starting at like 11 US dollars. And then uh, you can also opt for one-time credits uh, and just get like packages of five hours at a time. I'm going to play you one more sample and read you a little excerpt of the transcript for this file. It should be funny. This is going to be tape from the conversation that I had with Gabrielle and Sarah from Brooklyn Bridge Park the other day. Here's an early clip of Gabrielle reading the headlines. This one's the raw file. I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to read the paragraphs. I'm just going to read the bullet points. Please. Number one, AI is Google's unique selling point. So now the processed file, and notice how Sarah, who is off mic, comes across so much more audibly. I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna read the paragraphs, I'm just gonna read the bullet points. Please. Number one, AI is Google's unique selling point. <laughs> that volume level and just audio quality in general is the difference between me having to narrate that she said that and what she was seeing versus using her actual words. And I much prefer to use her where I can because it, it just adds texture and it's great because you listen to enough of me already on this thing. And I couldn't do that in the Apple Store the other day when I was editing that episode because I didn't have the right audio levels. And the transcript from Google reads, I'm just going to the pirates and going to read the bullet point Number one is Google's unique selling. You notice it didn't catch what Sarah said right there, and I assume that's because it's still too quiet for Google speech recognition software to hear her. But I think we can all agree that we're just glad that we went to the pirates, whatever the hell that means. Now here's a sample from a little later in the conversation, starting with Sarah asking me a question far away from the mic, me being close to the mic, and then Gabrielle being moderately distant, sort of in the middle. Starting, of course, with the raw file. How do you feel about that, Zach? I feel unsafe. <laughs> I also feel like my life is going to get so much more convenient in the next, like, <laughs> like 16 weeks by replacing Siri with Google Siri, but at the cost of my privacy forever. You know, earlier today we were talking about the concept of technological adolescence and sort of the sense of new technologies becoming more relevant and more powerful and more able to impact daily lives at a rate that either matches or even outpaces the ability that we have to kind of define and limit the way that they are changing our lives. Yeah, I feel very similar and in that sort of same vein of um, technological adolescence, just we are not, we have these tools that we haven't mastered yet and I feel like with a lot of this it's creepy because we use things without considering their full implications 
Obviously, my voice is the loudest in this recording because I was holding the mic and could bring it closer to my mouth. Gabrielle's is the next loudest because he's got a voice that really carries, and Sarah's is the quietest, both because she was sitting further away and has a softer voice. So let's listen to what this same track sounds like run through the Auphonic system. How do you feel about that, Zach? I feel unsafe. I also feel like my life is going to get so much more convenient in the next, like, <laughs> like 16 weeks by replacing Siri with Google Siri, but at the cost of my privacy forever. You know, earlier today we were talking about the concept of technological adolescence and sort of the sense of new technologies becoming more relevant and more powerful and more able to impact daily lives at a rate that either matches or even outpaces the ability that we have to kind of define and limit the way that they are changing our lives. Yeah, I feel very similar and in that sort of same vein of um, technological adolescence, just we are not, we have these tools that we haven't mastered yet and I feel like with a lot of this it's creepy because we use things without considering their full implications. And last but not least, the transcript from Google's speech recognition service. If you feel about that, I feel unsafe. I also feel like my life is going to get so much more convenient in the next life, like 16 weeks replacing Siri with Google Siri but at the cost of my privacy forever. Earlier today, we were talking about the concept of technological adolescence and sort of the sense of new technologies becoming more relevant and more powerful and more able to impact daily lives. Had a rape that either machines or even outpaces the ability that we have to kind of define and limit the way that they are changing our lives. I feel very similar. And in that sort of same vein of technological adolescence, just we are not have these tools that we haven't mastered yet. And I feel like with a lot of this, it's creepy because we use things without considering their full implications. This demo is probably the closest to the one on the Alphonic website that got me excited about using it in the first place. Clearly, the speech recognition leaves a lot to be desired, but I think you can already see how, for instance, phrases like technological adolescence worked and stand out. And to me, that is invaluable with how many minutes and minutes and minutes and hours over the course of months I've recorded to be able to cheaply scan through my files for keywords like that. Oh, it, it's going to transform my ability to tell longer form stories over long periods of time. And I know this kind of thing is only going to get better. Although ironically, that was what I was concerned about in that very conversation. Whoa. That got meta in a way I did not intend. At least the sound quality bit, the part that Ophonic actually does themselves. I think it's gonna do a lot to make this show sound more consistently good and audible. And I'm sure I could do a more thorough, better job doing it myself, and I do not have the time to do that, so this is a nice little time saver in sort of ironing out my cloud-based workflow that I was excited to share with you on the other side of actually recording this. I'm afraid it might be a little too niche and nerdy. Uh, so definitely give me feedback if this is TMI. Let me know. 
I can always do something else. This has been Focused as Fuck, brought to you by Kind of Evil Genius Productions. Music in today's episode is by Artem Bemba and Dilating Times from freemusicarchive.org. And I'm your host, Zach Valenti. Oh, totally a turtle. Oh, it's getting closer. Oh my God, it's got like stripes and like a little red head. Oh, it's coming straight for me. If I don't make it, tell my mother I love her. Come on, Mr. Turtle. No, it's swimming away now. Come closer. I'm not really afraid. If you love this show, there are four ways you can show it. Number one, is there somebody in your life that you think would enjoy these episodes? If so, please share it with them. Maybe they don't listen to podcasts. If that's the case, take a minute and show them how to download it. I've heard sharing these episodes with people can be a great way to start conversations you may not otherwise know how to start that you might want to have with people in your life that you'd love to dig in about mindfulness or mental health or dating or whatever the case may be. I've heard sharing episodes of this show can be a great way to break the ice with people in your life about conversations you've always wanted to have but didn't know how to start. And numbers two, three, and four are taking a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this show wherever you listen to podcasts, like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever it is you are. Just a friendly reminder that I am counting ratings and reviews on iTunes. And if I hit 200 by the first Sunday in June, I will do another 30 days of daily uploads. Seeing five-star ratings come in and reading the incredible reviews that y'all have left me so far have been the biggest inspiration to me to continue doing this. And I see hitting 100 ratings and reviews in a month as uh, a green light that this is how I should be spending my time and is useful for you. And uh, I'm certainly having fun doing this and, and would love to keep it up if it's something that you'd love to see. And by see, of course, I mean here. Oh my God, holy shit. Oh, a bird just came out of the water. What the fuck? Why is a bird swimming in the water? That was so cool. Where did it go? I'm trying to film it. If you think it'd be fun to hang out live, you can do so with me on YouTube. You can learn more by going to zack.live in any web browser. Once you're there, click that red subscribe button, and when you do, you'll see a little bell pop up next to it. Hit that and sign up for notifications so you can be part of the notification squad to know when I go live and when I upload a new video. It's a cool thing to do. And every single Sunday, I do a live show called Self Care Sunday which is tomorrow, I will be going live at noon, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we'll have two amazing guests. Our first guest will be Abby Feldman, one of the co-writers and co-stars of a show called Gringolandia, a Netflix original series that follows Peter, a Chilean immigrant struggling to succeed in New York City. And then the creator of the Once and Future Nerd audio drama podcast, Mr. Christian Madeira, will be stopping by so that I can pick his brain about a couple things. And he wanted to interview me for his show. So come check that out tomorrow, starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, probably running to like 2, 2.30, uh, maybe right up until 3, but I have a hard stop at 3. I hope to see you there. And as always, thank you for listening. And until tomorrow. He's a swimmer. Where'd he go?
I assume it's fishing. 